You might like to find Galatians chapter 6, because that's where we're going to wrap up. In fact, Paul wraps it up at the end. Um, so we're going to follow some of his summary. But let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are an amazing God. Thank you that you're good. Thank you for Christmas. <laughs> thank you for sending Jesus to us. Thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit into our lives. And we know, Lord, that you're changing us from one degree of glory to another. So we're praying, Father, just come and change us that extra bit of glory this morning. Lord, you've already been doing that, but we just invite you now. Why don't you just invite the Holy Spirit to, you know, you're face to face with the Father. Face to face with the Father. (laughs) And Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, they're walking towards you and and there's a question on their lips. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm a good, good father. I've given my son for you. I, if I've given my son, I'll, I'll give anything you ask. Because it all comes from Jesus. It all comes because of Jesus. So Father, we just pray that you'd release everything. Healing, salvation, provision, everything we need. Father, just, just release that now. Let your words touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stick your hand up. Are you ready for the sermon? Come on. Let me invite. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, oh, we've got the text up. Should we read the text first? Thank you, Akin. Uh, we're going to read from Galatians 6. In fact, we're going to take it from verse 7, Akin. Is that right? We sort of need to move it on a little bit. Okay. So verse 7 says this Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The, man who, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that you may, so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble. I like that. He's so honest, Paul, isn't he? Finally, let no one cause me trouble. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Send to All. Right. Any fans of Michael McIntyre? 
this was, this was true. What is it? In the nine o'clock service, the television people sat there and the not-so-television people sat there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, I hope. Uh, so Saturday night, the big show with Michael McIntyre, he usually uh, gets a celebrity. They're sitting up in the kind of royal box, as it were, in the, in the theatre. And uh, it, they play some nice music, lower his mobile phone down, and then he puts into their mobile phone a, usually a kind of witty uh, text message, sort of usually compromising uh, the celebrity. So, and this, this text is going to be sent to all the people on their, in their directory, all their friends on their phone. So, you know, he puts uh, something, you know, funny. It was Harry Redknapp, like, who saw it last night? So they had Harry Redknapp, who's a real kind of dinosaur when it comes to technology. And it's only just discovered emojis. I mean, I discovered them six weeks ago. Um, <laughs> so I'm ahead of Harry. And <laughs> what's this little button down there? Oh, that's where they are. And, uh, right, trust me, the over-60s were all like that. No. And um, anyway, no, I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not, some of you. And uh, so Harry gets a kind of message that's sent out to all his friends about, you know, how, how poor he is at using the mobile phone. So what I thought it would be quite neat to do as a way of kind of summarising um, the whole of Galatians with a slight bias towards the end, I have to admit, but it kind of brings in, is to actually give a send it all from God. Okay, so this is kind of God's message to you. Send it all from God according to Galatians. And I, we'll read this through in a moment, but at the end of this morning, I'm going to pause for a few minutes and you are going to write your reply. Okay, so this is, you'll never hear this again from a preacher, ever. Take out your mobile phone. <laughs> right, not now. <laughs> oh, but take it out later, we'll look at that. So here's, here's my summary of Galatians, the send it all from God. Get those circumcisers out of your life. No more law. Live in the spirit. Live free. Be like Jesus. Who are you? Ever been on a football stall? Football standing. Who are you? Who are you? No, no. Any, any football supporters here? No. Probably don't, don't go to those rough places. Okay. Who are you? A new creation. That's, you won't hear that football normally, but that's your real self-assessment. Stop competing. You are one in Christ. No one's superior or inferior. You are sons and daughters of Abba, Father. So live by the Spirit, loving, honouring and restoring one another. Care for one another and take responsibility for yourself. Reward your teachers. Say with me, reward your teachers. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Obviously a vested interest. It's the word of God. You know, read it. Reward your teachers and do good to everyone, especially the church. Sow spirit stuff and not bad stuff. Live a life of miracles with eternal benefits. Make Christ your only boast. Don't add to my troubles. I've suffered already for Jesus. Grace to you all. Amen. Amen. So if you haven't read Galatians, this is your summary. Hopefully it will throw you back to kind of go through it. I do really recommend that you, that you do that. But I want to give you kind of three hooks really to get your thinking around that um, don't follow logic. Well, I do follow certain logic, uh, but don't follow this passage from one end to the other. In fact, I'm going to do a little magical trick here, inspired by comedians and carols, no doubt. Um, we're going to sort of preach this, ver this passage kind of backwards. So we're going to start at the end, 
go to the middle and then uh, to the beginning. Um, but don't get confused. Uh, I'll try not to confuse you. Let's, let's take the first point. Paul has this lovely phrase, isn't he, in verse 14. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He wants to make Jesus his boast. Why? Because if you remember some of the background, the Jewish believers or some of the Jewish believers who believe that you not, not only do you need to believe in Christ, but you need to be circumcised almost in, in, you know, in order to be just that bit more righteous or indeed to be righteous at all. So you've got these Jewish believers who are really struggling and actually some of them are going around you know, preaching this gospel. So if you can dial right back to when Mark uh, gave the opening talk and he had his American football you know, helmet on, he was poor, Paul is so offended by that, he sort of goes on the offensive. He goes on the attack. And he says, you know, if, you pre- if anybody preaches any other gospel other than Jesus and Jesus crucified, and it's really strong language, he says, let them be eternally condemned. It's like saying, go to hell. This is Paul, you know, who Paul, Paul who wrote some of the greatest words we have, you know, in English world literature. 1 Corinthians 13 about love. He is so passionate about the gospel. He said, don't let anybody else fool you that there's something else you should believe. Don't anybody else fool, fool you into a different kind of gospel. And he's saying this not just for Christian's sake, but actually for the world's sake, isn't it? The world needs to hear the good news about Jesus. Un, unadulterated, you know, unpolluted, the pure gospel, if you like. And Paul sets out in, in this letter to detail what that gospel is. And time and time again, he comes back to the death of Jesus, the crucifixion. And of course, what follows from that, the resurrection and the pouring out of his Holy Spirit. But he majors around the crucifixion. And there are two key concepts that we all need to kind of have firmly fixed in their mind. And they're usually associated with what we call sort of big theological words, but I love theological words. But the two words are justification and redemption. They sound a bit foreign to you, don't worry. Justification is actually very simple. The just one, Jesus, has died for you and me, the unjust. Jesus, the sinless one, has died for us, the sinful people. How did he do that? He died in your place and my place. You see, if you don't know Jesus, you're outside of Christ. You are still living a life in sin. But the good news for you and for me is that Jesus has died taking the punishment that I deserve. He has justified me. The picture of here is going into a law court. I go in condemned, guilty, shameful, you know, wretched. I'm ready to be condemned. I'm ready to be punished for what, the things that I've done wrong. You know, the wages of sin actually are death, Paul says. Death, separation from God, both now and for eternity. That's what's at stake. If we all recognize that, if we'd all go into the heavenly court you know, knowing that. And yet, when we get in there, Jesus stands in the dock for us. And we walk out free. Do we deserve it? No. Do we merit it? No. 
Is there anything we can do, whether it's circumcision or otherwise, to contribute to our salvation, our good works, whatever they are? No, they, Isaiah says, they're all like filthy rags. And Jesus stands in our place and we walk out freely justified. Amen? Amen. Get excited. That's just the start. And let me use the word redemption. But we've been redeemed. And the picture there is of a slave uh, market. And again, we are slaves to sin. We are, you know, and this was very real in Roman times, of course, because, you know, most of the population, the working population, the community were slaves. They knew, they understood what slavery was like. Paul, being a Roman citizen as well as a Jew, of course, wasn't a slave. But he was surrounded, you know, by slaves, by a slave society. That's, that was the tragedy, if you like, of the Roman Empire. It was all based on slavery. So the picture of Jesus coming into the, into the slave market, we are slaves to our sin. You know what that's like, don't you? Trying to change the things you cannot change. Trying to stop, it, stop doing the things that you don't want to do. The good, you know, like Paul says in Romans, the good I want to do, I don't do, but the evil I don't want to do, I do do. As Frank Sinatra said, doobie doobie do. You know, so. <laughs> Jesus comes into the slave market and again takes your place. He puts his life forward as a payment for you and for me. And you walk out of, you know, he takes the burden. He takes the burden of slavery. He takes the burden of sin. And you walk out of the slave market, the slavery of sin. You walk out free again. That's why Galatians is so full of freedom. You come into freedom because of what Christ has done for you on the cross. And so that's why Paul wants to boast about it. You know, we all know, unfortunately the word boast has got negative connotations for us, isn't it? But boasting about what is good is good. And Paul says, my boast isn't circumcision, isn't religious practices, isn't some of the miserable principles that unfortunately the the Christians were getting into, which Paul refers to earlier in, the, in this letter. But my boast is Jesus. He's everything. He has done everything for my salvation, everything for my freedom, everything for my forgiveness. And he's given me his righteousness. Not only has he taken away sin, but he's actually brought the righteousness that was always promised to me. And it came by a promise, not by my actions, not by law, but by my promise, says the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I am now going for eternal life. I have entered into eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. Putting your faith in Jesus is the beginning of that, isn't it? And so it continues. Now, I just want to, this is where I'm jumping around. We've gone from the end of that passage to the beginning. Paul wants to, wants to kind of sum up in, in uh, actually the following verse, in verse 15. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Now, we've talked many times about how we are a new creation. Because of what Jesus did, and because of the Holy Spirit in us, we become new creations. And Paul is saying in this context... Circumcision, uncircumcision doesn't matter. What really matters is who you are. You are a new creation. But earlier he said a very interesting thing. He said, don't be conceited. 
which doesn't seem apparently to have anything to do with being a new creation, but just follow some of the logic that's up there. The word conceited means vain, glorious. You ever come across those people? They are vain. Vain glory is the, trying to get the glory that actually you don't have, right? Just think of those people in your office or, you know, where you live, or maybe in your family, or maybe even you. I love this definition. It's empty of, glor- of, of, of honour. It's empty of glory as well. But it's empty of honour. So the, the, the vain glory, the conceited person, actually is pretending that they have what they don't have. And what that leads to, it can lead to two different attitudes. One is one that provokes, in other words, I'm superior. Or the flip side of that is it leads to envy, which is comes out of a, an inferiority attitude. So on the one hand, I provoke people because I think I'm superior, conceited, vainglorious, empty of honour. Or I envy, I wish I was somebody else. Now the incredible thing is, and this, is, um, this idea came from Tim Keller in his commentary on, um, on Galatians. And he identifies all of, her, all of us have an honour hunger. It's interesting, when we start, first started teaching in the church about uh, honour, a lot of people, you know, some people just came around feeling, do you know what, I've never been honoured in this church. <laughs> I've been sweating my guts out, you know, with this, that, and that, and you know, who's ever honoured me? And although that's not, you know, a commendable attitude, <laughs> nonetheless, it is recognising the need for honour. Because again, until we become Christians, our experience of honour will certainly vary, but, it, but it, nonetheless, it is a genuine desire. In Psalm 8, it says that God, when he made the world, he crowned humanity, whether they're Christians or not, he crowned humanity with glory and honour. Think about that. We are glorious, aren't we? I'm glorious, you're glorious. Look at this. It's glorious. You may not feel it, but God says you are crowned. Put that crown on. Crowned with glory and honour. Almost regardless. I mean, that's the tragedy. Francis Schaeffer said, you know, humanity is like a glorious ruin. We look ruined. Sin has devastated our lives, but we somehow, we still retain that glory, that original glory. Adam and Eve were glorious you know, in their, in their creation and who they were. And even despite sin getting in and, and spoiling that, here's the psalm saying, I've crowned you with glory. You know, come on, you, you are people who deserve honour and glory. Well, actually, you don't deserve it, but I'm giving it to you anyway. It's a gift that you receive. So when you come to Christ and become a new creation, God brings honour and glory into your life. Tim Keller again says, all of us have a glory vacuum. What happens to a vacuum? It sucks something in, doesn't it? If it's allowed to. And your, our, your life and my life, they were glory vacuums. Waiting around for the glory of God to come and fill it. And fill you and I. We are a new creation. Who needs circumcision? Who needs to perform? Who needs to do the good works? We don't. Why? Because God has poured in his glory into our lives. 
Let's boast of Christ. Let's recognize that we're a new creation. And lastly, (laughs) Paul talks about sowing into the Spirit, isn't it? The whole of Galatians has been reminding the, the, those Christians in Galatia and elsewhere, that you know, they live now by the Spirit. Jesus died, rose again, ascended into heaven, and poured out his Spirit in you. You live not according to the law. You don't live according to your own way. You live according to the Spirit. So, sow into the Spirit. Spiritual things. That was dead easy. When you were not a Christian, you sowed into your sinful life. Paul makes a list early in chapter 5 of all the sins that you know, we were good at, uh, good at. You know, we sowed into. It's not difficult to do that. We did it because it was part of our you know, just kind of human nature. Now you have the Holy Spirit in you. Do the same thing. Here's the genius of it. Do the same thing. The way you used to sow into sin, now sow into the Spirit. Here's three ways you can do that. Number one, speak in tongues. Why is that sowing into your spirit? Why? Because Paul says... That when you speak in tongues, pray in tongues to yourself on this occasion, not publicly, you can do that another time, but to yourself, you are edifying your spirit. You ever had that thing where you know, think, my brain doesn't understand this? Well, just say to yourself, good, it's not supposed to. All right? I've just been praying in tongues for five minutes, I haven't understood a word. Hallelujah, I'm in the Bible, this is correct Christianity. <laughs> but you are sowing into your spirit, you are strengthening yourself. Right? Who, who's, who prays in tongues every day? Not good enough. <laughs> I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, that was Paul's boast. Right? Not saying that I do that more than you. And uh, folks, it's a gift. It's there every day. Open your mouth. Speak in tongues. Worried about something? Speak in tongues. Want something from the Lord? Speak in tongues. Going into any situation? Speak in tongues. Giving thanks, but you know, just keep going, keep going. Why? Because that's sowing into your spirit. You may never understand the outworking of that, but you will benefit so much from it. All right? Sow into your spirit. So when I ask you next time, every hand goes up. Do you know, I've spoken in tongues so much. This week has been amazing. Um, I was driving into, uh, one of my, my rear reversing lights went. So I went to Halford's as we do these days, and uh, they checked it all over, but it wasn't the bulb, so they couldn't do anything about it. So I then had to line up a di- electric diagnostic test for my car. And I can see the, the, the figures. I went from like six pound to somewhere up there. And I thought, how long is that going to take? So I book into QuickFit, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is my, another mission about mobile phones. So I haven't got a sat nav on my mobile phone. I use maps. <laughs> Do you remember those? Who remember who remembers maps? Yeah, right. And being a bit arrogant and obviously conceited, and I think I think I've got. It's so easy. I go down there, turn left, and then and I'm there. You know, and I, I go into Gillingham. Anybody been to Gillingham? Yes, I'm night. Parts of Gillingham they're nightmare. You know, one way one way systems, short roads, you know, speed bumps, and lots of people coming all over the place. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm late already. I already forgot one appointment and I had to rebook it. I'm, I'm late again. And I'm sort of going around. And I, I know it's here somewhere. I know it's over there somewhere. And I, you know, but then I have to go this way and that way. And I, you know, so, I'm, so I'm getting there. And I've been speaking in tongues just before that. And so, funnily how you know, traffic takes the spirit out of you. And, you know, so, 
So I think, well, why, you know, David, you know, I'm very good at speaking to myself, you know, you're crazy if you don't speak to yourself, as Steve Backlund has told us. And um, I've been speaking, and I thought, this is an opportunity to sow patience into my life. And so, right, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be patient. Get to quick fits, they kind of get it in there, and, and I'm in, in the sort of, there's a waiting, you know, customer area, and it's an hour. And the numbers are going up in my head. How much is it going to cost me? They already told me, you know, initially it's 50 quid, you know, and it's how much more is it going to be? Well, um, after about an hour, the guy comes in, your car's ready, Mr. Webster. I said, all oh, right, what was wrong with it? He said, well, you know, somebody had taken one wire and put it in the, in the wrong socket somewhere some time ago. That's why your light didn't work. I said, how much do I owe you? He said, nothing. <laughs> there was actually nothing wrong with the car, apart from, you know, sticking the lead in there, right? So we didn't actually have to do any repairs, so we can't charge you. <laughs> just take the love the joy the peace the patience the kindness the goodness sow it into your life <laughs> and then lastly last way Paul says this and he says let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers Take the opportunity to do good. That's sowing to the Spirit. That's the outworking of the Holy Spirit in your life. As I said to the nine o'clock service this morning, there are people here who your good deeds will have an amazing impact on people. There was somebody sitting in the... Uh, this is why I said it. He's not here now and I can't tell you all the details. He sowed into somebody's life a very simple act, just a simple bit of a conversation in a tragic you know, situation that has had national impact. There was a man whose name nobody knows who invited Billy Graham to an evangelistic meeting back in the 1940s or 30s or 40s. Nobody knows his name unless you've read Nicky Gumbel's book and uh, it's featured in there, uh, Questions of Life. And he gets invited, gets saved, becomes a great evangelist. That's just one story, isn't it? There are many, many others You have it in your power to sow good deeds into the body of Christ and into the world around you. And what you sow, do not be deceived, Paul says. That's both negative and positive. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You will sow, you will reap what you sow. So whatever you do, whatever you pray, whatever good deeds you do, doesn't matter about the size of it. Doesn't matter you know, what your gift is to somebody else, you are sowing to the Spirit and you will reap a harvest. So do not weary, do not give up, but keep going with those good deeds. Amen? Amen. 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 So we'll finish with this. God has sent to you all, <laughs> okay, a message from Galatians. And I have his number for you to reply to. Just so happens to be my mobile number and my email. So can you take out your devices, devices, they say devices, that's where my wife was born. Take out and for a couple of minutes, just ask the Holy Spirit, what has he said to you? It could be in previous Galatians messages, but it may well be, you know, what God has said to you this morning. What has God said to you? this morning and either text it to me 
or got the internet on your phone, no doubt, you know, um, send an email or message. Give me a sentence. You might want to write something more later, but what is God saying to you this morning? Just take a couple of minutes for that. Somebody alerted me this morning. You know, if it's, if it's very personal, you don't have to send it to me. Okay, you just might, just, just so that you know that. Uh, you know, you might think, well, God said this to me, but I wouldn't necessarily share it with anybody. That's fine. You know, don't feel you have to send it. Just, just write it down anyway. It's always good to do that, but you don't have to send it. Okay, feel free to just finish that off or send it to me later. So, Father, we thank you that you have been speaking to us this morning in so many different ways, and we just bless your name. Amen.